What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of We Don't Know Her. I'm Katie. Oh, and I'm Christy. And um, we hope that you guys missed us because we really missed you. Um, we took last week off for our souls and our bodies and our minds. Um, I mean, Christy was really away on a on a eat pray on love. a retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a treat and a retreat. Wow, it really was. Wow, but it was much needed. I'm back. I'm feeling refreshed. I was only gone for a week, but I still feel the residual, you know, readjustment at home. Yeah. You know, but it's all good. I'm I'm happy to be back and relaxed. Yeah. No, we both had a um, a lot happen in a week in in that we did less, you know, we right. popped down. So I finished my summer semester. Thank sweet Jesus. Um, I passed math. A miracle happened and um yeah so like now I have it's not so much that I went anywhere I just have a a weight lifted off of me Mm. that um, my next semester will start after Labor Day but it'll be you know my normal like a three month and then you're done and then I'm done school and then she's done y'all I mean hope yeah I'm you know how superstitious I'm a little stitious I that does make me nervous to say so like cancel clear not right right I will be done in December correct Yeah, so we're back. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on. You know, we talk about how time moves so quickly and how we experience lifetimes in such a short period of time. And I don't know about you, but I feel like we are kind of in a space now of like truly recharging. Like having that week off made such a huge difference, I think, for both of us. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I didn't go anywhere very far. I I stayed somewhat local, but I went, um, I ran away to the mountains and I stayed at an Airbnb in this little farmhouse and I just had peace and quiet for a good inner peace. Yeah. Like it was, it was one of those trips that I, I mean, every trip I plan down to the detail just Mm -hmm. because I like to be somewhat prepared, you know? But basically, so I went and stayed in Countersport, I believe. I've never actually heard anyone Everywhere say it out PA loud. Everywhere in it doesn't isn't like a, a thing that anyone can pronounce unless you're from there. Like it's spelled how it how I think you should say it, but you never know. It could be something that completely could be. It different. It sounds like it could be right. I'm going to say and you're right. Countersport. Countersport. <laughs> power um, sports. Yeah, power sports. I, I stayed there. And then um, for the tail end of the trip, I stayed in Ithaca, New York, which... I've never been. I think I was probably subconsciously trying to feel like everyone else who's in Greece this summer, like Mm -hmm. specifically Greece. I I would say while I was away, five people that I follow on social media were all in Mykonos. Well, in the first half of the summer was Italy. Every, everyone alive was in Italy other than us. Yeah. And it was, it was hard. It was hard. And so I think I just wanted to feel included. So I went to a Greek city, but it was in New York. Sure. I will say though that I'm in love with Ithaca now Mm -hmm. it was it's a very small town it's like a college town because they have Cornell and Ithaca College there but when I tell you the gems that are just within walking distance everywhere yeah anyone who's been there knows what I mean it's it was the mecca of waterfalls gorges Ithaca really is gorgeous I will say (laughs) the legends are true and it was uh I just I just had such a good time. I had a no, really I good believe time it. with myself. Like, New York, everywhere other than New York City is just everywhere in New York State. 
pretty much everywhere is stunning. I mean, it's there's just incredible views and waterfalls everywhere and it's just everything was just so relaxing even the driving you would think Mm -hmm. driving through the mountains because we've we've experienced that together and we were not prepared at that time to be driving in elevations such as it was Colorado I think Colorado right and this time though even like through PA and we've driven through PA and we have admitted to ourselves that PA is beautiful there it is it's just not where we are right it's beautiful right (laughs) um but the view is driving out there even just like to counter sport to power sports Mm -hmm. and then to Ithaca and then back all of it was just scenic and even the it's crazy because like mountain driving you would think people would want to like err more on the side of caution but no the speed Mm -hmm. limits are always like 85 miles an hour Mm -hmm. and Listen, I'm not complaining because that's like my average, but it's so different. Well, I think it's a combo of that. Most people that are going through there are going long distances, yeah. so they're like on their fucking way. Yeah. And it's also when you're going through the mountains, you would have to break the whole time to go slower than that True. most of the time. Um, and then there's also just locals that are used to it, which we experienced in Colorado. They must ran us off the road. Um, so I think it's just like a combination of things. I think in a way it's most safer. And especially if you're coming around a bend, literally, Mm -hmm. and you didn't see a car, they better be going fast because like you could hit them. So yeah, it was, um, it was just, I mean, and I drove last year in Colorado too. So I think maybe either I'm just like getting the hang of it or maybe I was so scarred from our first time that I thought it was going to be worse, but it was actually a breeze. It was one of my favorite things to do is just drive long distances, especially yeah, with a scenic view. Mm-hmm. I'm like a dog. Like, I love being in the car. Same as these. But, um, but yeah, I just, I just really connected with nature and feel like, I don't know, sometimes, like, I was, I was deep in thought at one point sitting on this dock. And I, this could be a little far-fetched, but I was feeling like, this time compared to last year when I was in the mountains and I was moved to tears just looking at mountains for mm-hmm. their stature. When I was looking at the water this time, I I wonder if it's kind of in correlation like with where I'm at in my life where looking at the water, it feels more like that feeling that we talk about of like uncertainty and mm-hmm. just like not really knowing which way you're going to go. The water is very unforgiving. Like it doesn't and going with the literal flow. True. And the water doesn't give a shit about your agenda. It's Mm going to take you wherever it wants to. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering if like this year I didn't feel as drawn to like going to mountains per se. Like I wanted to be chasing waterfalls. I mean, I still wanted to feel small, but um, not so sturdy and stable. Well, I think it's they're um, what do you call they're like metaphors for. Yeah. Like the rock is, yeah, more you're going to look at something that doesn't change, that is super stable, that has looked that like that for however long. It will look like that in any in any weather. And it's a very like stoic situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And this time you're more in your emotions. Last year you were really trying to be logical. Um, And this year I think you are now trusting that you've gotten to a logical place and you're willing to become your emotional self again. Yeah. And I, I mean, I am a water sign and it's always kind of, puzzled me why I haven't been more drawn to water lately but I think last year if I remember back writing in my diary I was like saying something about how being in the presence of mountains made me feel taken care of for Mm -hmm. some reason I just felt like it was very like they envelop you you know I was looking for that type of comfort and in a way I still am but this time I think I'm just I'm feeling a little bit more uninhibited a little bit more open and willing to seeing what's going to happen 
but then the thought would creep in where I was like oh my god it could take me away to anywhere I don't know where it could take me so it kind of you know it it balanced out yeah but I do think it is it's definitely a metaphor for where you're at um, yeah. now and where you were then I mean I always it makes no sense because I'm a fire sign and I absolutely love water mm. like I not but you know I love it and fear it so I guess right. it does make sense yeah. um so basically I mean we really kind of came up with today's episode um we haven't even introduced it really mm-hmm. um okay cool so today we're talking about the joie de vivre um what gives us how did you put it what makes us feel alive? Right. What makes us feel alive? Um, so it's like reflecting on that, even just what makes you feel alive and what gives you a thrill. I'm going to call it joie de vivre the whole yeah. time because that really is what it is. And that's that's the only way that feels really that I connect with. Yeah. But that feeling does change over time. It dulls over time, unfortunately. Like we say all the time that we miss being as excited about something as we were as kids. But um, also just what you do for thrill, what you see as thrilling, what you see as risky, what you see as a growth experience or just, um, you know, all of those things change over time. And I think now we're at a point where especially now that we see, you know, going away to the mountains for three days as thrilling, I don't think that that would have been younger us. Um, but And it's it's a different... I want to specify that it's we're not just talking about what brings us joy or what makes us happy. It is really it's more of a very core feeling of feeling alive. Like you yeah. feel I mean, we'll get into kind of like what that feels like for us, but it's not just like, oh, this makes me happy and I like to do it. Right. It It's much deeper than that. Yeah. And it's also something that I think is a um, it can go away. Like it's, yeah. a, it's something that I think you have to practice and look for and practice experiencing that and being open to it or it can close uh, because I even know myself like I had a really hard time feeling that way about anything like me I didn't nothing made me feel alive when I was at the height of my anxiety and my uh, and like depression and now I'm at a point where I can feel those things again and um I think because you don't know what you have till it's gone a little bit. Now I'm like, oh my God, I need to like hardness this as much as I can and like mm-hmm. find it everywhere that I can as much as I can. Yeah. And it's it's kind of one of those things too where it's like you can't really go out and look for it because a lot of times you don't even know what it could be, especially if it's something that you've never done before. So you can have an idea of maybe seeing other things that people do and thinking to yourself like that looks cool. Like I would like to try that. But then cultivating stuff that really just comes from you can be difficult until you put yourself out there maybe and try something completely outside of your character yeah it definitely takes effort like it yeah. takes it because a lot of things can bring you peace but there's not a thing not a lot of things I don't think that can make you feel truly like wow I feel alive right so mm. I guess to kind of just start the episode off to kind of like paint a picture when we talk about that feeling of the joie de vivre how would you describe that feeling for yourself? Okay. Feel free to use visuals, metaphors. Yeah, well, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, so I feel like for me, because especially because I have anxiety, I think a lot of people um, feel a little bit of anxiety. Like a, 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 they're, they have butterflies or their stomach flips or whatever in moments like that. I don't because 
that's not a good thing for me. That's that's something different. That's just that something that causes anxiety is something that could be exciting. It doesn't necessarily bring me joy. So um, or like bring me a thrill. Yeah. Um, so I would say it's more like I can feel. It feels like a buzz and mm-hmm. like it feels like I drank too much caffeine or I'm just alive more now not no a lot how do I put it okay so buzzing like let's say that my everyone has an aura and you have that energy around you all the time and your energy imagine it going from blue to like bright yellow or bright orange it feels like the entire energy around you and within you has suddenly elevated and that you can pick up on smaller minute things within you and without you when you're in that state and I think it's like a natural I have no proof of this but I would suspect that it's a natural thing to make us want to feel that so I don't I guess it's something like that just kind of is a natural um like how people like having sex so that we reproduce you know like I think it's something that we naturally like seek yeah because it's that feeling of ultimate awareness and alertness and in tune with the world which is the feeling that we're meant to have mm-hmm. and want and meant to seek as much as possible yeah that makes sense I want to speculate just on a scientific note Dr. Christie here reporting with a scientific mm-hmm. theory but I want to like I feel like from what I know about dopamine I'm I think that that kind of plays into like the motivation and reward part of it so I think that I mean, regardless of what that chemical mechanism is, it's like behind that, like what is that like that generates that to then right. work? Do you know what I mean? And it's, right. it's just so interesting to think about like that doing certain activities or connecting with people or even just having a conversation with someone that really brings that out of you. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting to see how many different ways that can be kickstarted to make you feel that way. And that's kind of like, just using like a visual that's kind of how I feel about it too like if I were to describe it it's probably with in colors or with um like my senses are all like I feel very heightened like I'm seeing everything like I'm feeling everything I'm taking in my surroundings like who I'm with and it's just such a bigger feeling than just oh like I'm having fun you know you know what it feels it feels like when we're on edge and like if you were in a situation where you thought somebody broke into your house like your body can naturally kick into that gear where you can hear everything and see everything and you're super quiet and you can be like you just feel suddenly like time slows like your pupils dilate yeah like your body literally adjusts to be on super high alert however at those times your heart is pounding incredibly fast like you're you're breathing fast the I feel like it's the same feeling but without the danger or without the scariness or without the fear involved. It's just happiness and bliss with that feeling. Yeah, because I don't – like when I'm feeling alive, I don't feel – I don't feel like my heart is racing right, like no. that. Like if anything, I probably feel more relaxed right. even in a, high, in a heightened state, um, which I think maybe like is the differentiation between when you're in danger and when it's just like – you're alive. Right. Um, so and that's yeah. like the thrill seekers, I think, because it is the same thing and it's the same feeling of like tapping into like, um, we've mentioned it before, I think, but like NASCAR drivers and Formula One say that they can see every single 
um, stone on the road and everything becomes heightened because you have to be so zoned in mm-hmm. um, and you're experiencing that same feeling. For them, it is their joy, but it is also like it's a thrill, but it is also they're actually putting themselves in danger. Right. So that's kind of like a double-edged sword where I think it's ideal if you can maybe find those things that don't um, <laughs> put your life in danger. That, that's just that's yeah. my feeling. Couldn't be me. Could not. Could, Could not be me. Like just Could the never. thought of, because I I have experimented in putting myself in situations like that for instance riding on a jet ski riding yes. on the back of a motorcycle same yep luckily nothing bad happened when I have ridden on motorcycles can't say the same about a jet <laughs> ski because I tried to get on I mean I had a horrific experience which I'm sure I'll share at one point if I haven't already but I did try to get back on one the year after just to like dip my toe in and see if I could terrified can't again put Pandora back in the box like we always say like no. once you once you've had that bad experience it's really hard to put that aside and like go forward and try it again yeah we're gonna let's go through we're gonna go through kind of some of our um our things in the past and as we've gone through life and aged most of our time as we said now we've known each other for longer just as long as we didn't so um, we experienced most of these things together. So some of them overlap, most of them overlap up until I think more recent years um, as we've kind of both become more ourselves and not gone with what was what everyone else was doing. And they they all, I don't know, it's like following up like the jet ski and like the adrenaline, our thrills seem so tame. Now that I'm like looking at them, it's like we liked to drink alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. I unfortunately... Um, which is so funny because now I'm definitely way more of like, I'm way more averse to risk and way more scared of everything than you are by most accounts. And I would say that my, some of the things I did were, um, pretty risky, pretty pretty risky. Yeah. 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 Like I really, um, and I didn't come out unscathed either. You know, like I definitely, there were situations that I was like, oh, right. Yes. Bad things do happen. Um, but we won't go. I'm not going to bring up two of the dark, some of the darker ones. We'll go with, you know, we'll keep this somewhat the thrills. light. The yeah. thrills. The thrills. Right. Not trauma. Correct. <laughs> it's so hard to stay on. Like, we're so used to going to the trauma and I'm like, yes, yes. Because the trauma was also wrapped up in the thrill. So Correct. Um, so kind of just like grouping together. We didn't have anything. I mean, maybe there were like specific incidents that were a little unique. But overall, I would say middle school, high school was a lot of, for me at least, hanging out with older people. And when I say older, I mean like, 10 years older than me I think I just started going to punk shows hardcore shows and you know I'll leave it there yeah um experimenting with drugs drinking I I the only time that I've ever eaten acid was when I was that age because I was like oh what and what age sophomore in high school right okay like I definitely started smoking weed at that point but I didn't know anything about acid I just was like oh six dollars for a hit like that is so (laughs) affordable (laughs) yeah like of course I'll try it I didn't have any idea what would happen to me and listen it was a great time until the end but I was so like now I have more apprehension about doing it now as a grown adult than I did that's why it's kind of like if you have those risky experiences as a kid um I feel like you're really lucky to come out in skates and even more so because like you got to have some of these crazy experiences that I am great like we're both grateful that we had because we would be way too scared to do them now however I see that things could have gone really sideways oh yeah um I feel like most the first like really risky things that um 
friends of mine started doing were stealing. Oh, um, yeah. So much. Off the bat. I mean, stealing started when my friends, I didn't, I actually didn't steal. Um, I would just like to put on the record for like, when they started, they started in sixth grade. I didn't do it. Um, I was really scared of my parents. Um, but I did go with them. And then the one time I didn't go with them, they got caught. Mm. So I was like, no. And then until I met you and that, and that, <laughs> um, but yeah, most of it. And then like, and it was really stealing, drinking, of mm-hmm. course. And, um, and having sex. Like people yeah. my age were, everyone in high school, freshman year on, that's what everyone was doing. And not like, you know, having, hooking up with random people. Most people were in relationships, but, um, that's what everybody was doing. I didn't start going to shows until I was like 17, 18. Yeah. So I didn't hang out with older people per se. Um, just the people my own age were, were fucked up. Yeah. Well, like when I was, when I first started going to shows, it was all pretty innocent because at that point it was like ska and punk shows. They were all like my peers, people mm-hmm. that I went to school with from other schools, whatever. But then, yeah, once it was like maybe junior senior year yeah same and Um, that's when we met and maybe even sophomore year of high school I was hanging out with some of the bands that I was going to see and looking back I mean I'm not gonna indict anyone here Mm -hmm, specifically mm -hmm. but looking back there were a good handful of like older guys that we would hang out with and by all accounts like this day and age I I would be like, no, you're not. Like, I, I don't have a child, but I would find a child and say, don't do that. Yeah. It's just not safe. But luckily, like, nothing nothing bad happened. But it's just, like, the principle of knowing what I know now about the world, it's crazy, kind of, that nothing bad happened. Well, and it did, but we've just lived with it. Like, so, like, to us, it's like, oh, well, we survived. Therefore, nothing really bad happened. But bad things did happen. Well, I mean... Just to, I mean, to clarify, like the bands that we did hang out with, see, it, it all depended on who I hung out with too. See, mm-hmm. because like there were different kinds of people back then. Like the one group of people we hung out with, we would really just like bullshit. They were like 10 years older. And then when I was hanging out with um, more of like the hardcore scene and like started dating the Hills Have Eyes and like mm-hmm. then it was like different territory. It was like yeah. scary actually. Yeah, and that's when we met and we were both at that time um dating guys that were not good for us by any means you hills have eyes I don't have a name for the guy I dated at that time um Frodo Baggins because <laughs> he loved Lord of the Rings so much yeah I get yeah Dildo maybe. Baggins <laughs> no offense he actually um, is we have no qualms well, um <laughs> I mean whatever but it was the same deal where like he wasn't necessarily a bad person. He wasn't um, like physically abusive or anything, but he was um, cheating on me left, right and center, True. lying to me, manipulating me, uh, gaslighting me, putting me in dangerous situations around dangerous people, his friends. I was we, I was literally fighting off his friends left and right. And I was 17. Um, and then after that, I literally there was a guy who I dated who waited he started grooming me at 17 and then we started dating at 18 when I was 18 and he was 27 at the time. Um, so yeah, there was definitely those behaviors where, but the thing is about these is that I will say that dating that older guy was one of those things that made me feel alive because I was coming from the other guy, Frodo, right? who lived with his parents, who like had no money, had no license, had no car, had no nothing. And then this older pedophile came and set me <laughs> off my feet. And just whisked you away. 
happily ever after. And, you know, and looking back, like, like I said, nothing, I consented to everything. Like, it, just looking back, it was not a good call on his part, but right. I, I was okay with it. I felt like I was calling the shots. Right. I mean, that, like, just like the general theme of us being young girls, impressionable. Looking so young. Looking young, but also... You know, we had been independent in certain ways. I know myself, like, I feel like I had been independent emotionally for so long without even realizing it that I think that we we had this sense of, like, we're in control. Like, typical teenagers, you yeah. know? Like, we know what is good and what is bad for us. So this is fun, and I'm going to try it, and we'll just see what happens. And it was pretty reckless, you know, a lot of times, but that that's just what we did. And I don't regret anything. No, I mean, we both live by like everything happened the way that it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And we learned lessons that we did and, and whatever. And I'm glad that we got um, it out of our system. Yeah. And if we weren't putting ourselves in those situations, if we weren't going to shows, we wouldn't have met. So right. We literally wouldn't be here right now. So clearly it did serve a purpose of sorts. But then, yeah, going to shows, we were hanging out with then the people that we were going to shows with were now moving into, you know, maybe like petty theft or or crimes or or assault, murder, uh, murder. a few of them <laughs> kidnapping, a few of them murder, some of them kidnapping. Again, we're not naming names. No, we can't. We you should. know, you know, um, but there was like a lot like it felt like pretty often like, wow, these people are. Oh, I got something to tell you off the podcast. Um, it just felt like these people were just uh, like quickly it things turned. We're starting to turn sideways. And that's when you and I were like, listen, these people aren't safe. We should just get drunk by ourselves. Just the two of us. Well, and we had everywhere. Kind of, yeah, like we think. We think. I, me thinks. <laughs> <laughs> me thinks that by the time that we were like twenty twenty one, that's when we moved in together. And I think it was really just like a natural evolution of growing out of that scene you know like it was just like now we're old enough to drink we can go out to bars for us, but for a lot of people they stayed true you know and then like we kind of then um partied at our apartment and then transitioned into like going to bars and clubs all the time and even but there was years there was a long time where you and I were the only people because we had stopped hanging out with all those other people and the people we went to shows with might I say were sober most of those people were not drinking or doing drugs they were all mostly straight edge so they were committing crimes dead ass sober in the day so that's why it was like another level of something else so we were like okay let's move on to people who just do fucked up things when they're drunk right like normal people right um but there was a whole year when you and I were 21 before Ray turned 21 and before Regina George turned 21 that you and I were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go out to bars by ourselves and we're going to make sh- friends with strange men in yeah. bars. And we're going to do that. And we not like one, two, we, for a year, yeah. a year, there's countless videos of us with strangers in bars doing God knows what. And again, so lucky that everything came out um that we turned out unscathed in those situations too I think in that way at that point like our hard-headed headedness kind of came in handy because although we did like to go out and like have fun and meet people and whatever yeah it was risky at times but at the same time I think that we were also like a take no shit like if you were to act up and like do something really fucked up like you would have no problem getting us out of there I mean Mostly just you probably would be getting us out of there. But either way, I don't I think that we had at least some semblance of, you know, common sense. A little bit. We tr- we, we definitely had some more than some people our age. But I would still say looking back on like, let's even say that I'm the person that was calling the shots. There's co- 
Well, there were some parties that we went to in Jersey that were definitely, we got bamboozled a couple times. There was a time that we were riding in a cab in a place that I had no idea where we were. It was like a rundown city and like the cab that we were in, he like pulled into an alley and was like, wait here. I just have to like go take care of business really quick. And it was like you, me, and maybe Ray or Regina in the back seat. And we waited in an alleyway for this guy to take to do some transaction this might as well be I might as well be hearing this for the first time I have no this recollection might have been an episode of SVU <laughs> but that it happened and we were like okay so we'll just wait here like no one touch anything don't look at anyone thankfully just by our guardian angels we got out it was and then he came back like 20 minutes later and then drove us either home or to the party oh my god I don't remember well, I, I probably wasn't there you go <laughs> Um, then, so, see, that's the danger is that like I it's not that I didn't trust my judgment it's that most of the time I was blacked out in those years so well, like it was a lose-lose either way so you never knew right. yeah um, so then I mean it moved on to we started getting tattoos and kind of like doing things that I felt like were alternative like we still wanted to be rebelling and kind of have the attitude of like fuck you if that's what you think is normal then we're not gonna do that um, you know shave my head hung out with homeless people we've talked about it before um so we we really kind of went down in our 20s it was really just um you not so much but me yeah I spent a lot of my 20s um watching out I was you were like herding the cattle yes the cattle being me and Regina mostly yeah from like 23 on because then I was dating Ricky so once I started dating Ricky unless he and I were together those were the times when I was the most fucked up because I felt safe I by then had seen enough and been through enough that I was like mm, we can't all get this this fucked up I have to keep an eye well, on yeah that. and like we were going to clubs we would go to AC we would go you know we went to Vegas a couple of times a lot of bachelorette parties and that continued on for a good handful of years the four of us and I definitely probably took advantage of like having to at least you and Ray to kind of watch over and make sure that nothing bad really happened and that allowed me to do whatever the fuck I was doing and you weren't there a couple of times but not by choice we'll just say listen a lot of gentlemen callers okay and yeah um you know ones that I I probably shouldn't have met but I did and I even ended up dating one so it's totally fine yeah like there was a lot of situations where um you know I think everyone is still like this. I think it's still just that when you're that age, everyone is out. You're meeting people when you're drunk. You're meeting people at clubs. It helped that I was in a relationship. So I was um, like I wasn't looking to meet anyone. So I was not in that position. So I was able to kind of watch everyone else. I also was the only one who had that we knew about that had been sexually assaulted at that time. So I was the only one really because like of course every you know but unless you've been through it you don't so I was the only one who was like no it's real easy to get too drunk and for that to happen um two ways so I was like you know and there were a couple of times that I had to meet the mean mom and say we have to go we're not going to hang out with them I'm not letting you go to that guy's room I'm not letting you go do that whatever and um got some pushback but for the most part it was we started kind of like at that point this is kind of bleak but my thrills were alcohol. My thrill was alcohol and, yeah. and partying. Like, that was it for yeah. me. Like, if I look back on my 20s, like, what else did I do that I really loved? Was party. Party. Like, I I had, like, a grieving process when I 
really grew out of that. And I was, you know, forced to not drink anymore. But either way, I, and I'm not ashamed to say that. Like, I'm sure there was plenty of other things I could have been doing with my time that was productive. But in that time, that was what made me feel alive. Like I loved partying. I, it was just like the atmosphere of like being with my closest friends. We're getting drunk together. We're like, we all have like the same sense of humor when it comes to like meeting new people and kind of just like making a game out of it. So it was all, it was all in good fun. Yeah. But ultimately I think that our decisions back then with the thrills in middle school and high school, and then in the twenties, in the 1920s (laughs) were, like the theme was really like no intention. There was just like whatever. Right now. And it was either like we were living in the moment, but it was without any type of regard for consequence or impact on us or anything like that. And it was so much so. And I know that I did, you know, I was learning about this in psychology and like in terms of forming your brain and like how we always say your brain isn't fully formed till 25, but it really actually until after that age and before that age you truly see risk differently you you're not capable of seeing it so of course and I think anyone who like is like well I didn't do that when I was young yes you did or you just didn't know your friends I'm sorry um but like we really felt like we were just trying to have as much fun as possible right then it didn't matter if we had work the next day it didn't matter if we had anything the next day nothing other than in that moment right now can I afford it do I have enough money for it that's all that mattered yeah. If I can afford it, then yeah, then sure. And not to backtrack, but I'm I'm kind of even thinking back to when I was in middle school. Like my motives were even different then than they were in my 20s. Because when I was in middle school and high school, I can remember seeking the thrill of making people laugh or not necessarily trying to impress people, but just to make them laugh. So I would do out-of-pocket shit, you know? Like I was so like quiet and reserved in school but when I was with my friends I was like the class clown kind of Mm -hmm. like that's kind of how I met Regina George at one point she would never let it go that when I first met her it was because we used to go to shows together not her and I but like we'd be in the same place and my group of friends at the time would tease her and like make fun of her and I would like play jokes on her I like I went and sat on her lap one day like just to like fuck with her and she thought that it was the most offensive thing that I've ever done but my friends thought that it was funny so I got a kick out of it and it was just like doing unfortunately back then my sarcasm (laughs) it's hard for 12 year olds to like really understand that but I was one of those people that would kind of make someone else the butt of the joke not in like a mean-spirited way to like make them feel bad but just to be funny yeah and um you know that did carry on into my late 20s and now but that's kind of like where I got my thrill was to like try to make people laugh and like me. I I definitely did that too, but not until later. Like I started that probably in like late high school. Um, I didn't know that I was funny. And I say that now as like, but I <laughs> no, but truly like I'm confident in saying like I believe myself to be a funny person now. <laughs> Today you've proved me wrong. Um, but no, before then I, I never tried. Right. I, I never even it never really occurred to me. That wasn't my thing. I wasn't one of those kids who was like always watching SNL and mimicking things or trying no. to be like that. I just, uh, once I realized that I could be, um, people more so got a kick, I think, because I would just say whatever I thought. And then people thought I was funny and I was joking sometimes. And I was like, I'm not joking. And then I realized like, oh, the more blunt you are, people seem to think that's funny. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I have no problem being blunt. Um, and it just kept going 
an eye, but I exploited the more like, I wasn't trying to make people laugh. I was just, um, if there was something that everyone else was like, I won't do it, I will. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it wasn't like, I won't go pull a prank on somebody or do something like that. But if everyone's too afraid, which is so funny now, yeah. I then it would be me. Then I would do it. Yeah. Um, I was always the designated drunk driver. I was always the person who was in charge of leading the charge of the bad behavior. I was like, I will help us get through this and I will figure out the way. Um, and then everyone was like, we love that. So it was like I needed, that's when I was like, oh, I have to kind of act up. I have to participate in bad behavior. Um that's where everything lies like if I don't do that then like I'm just gonna be boring and then my theory was proven right when I started kind of evening out in my late 20s and I dare I say didn't have a joy it was a dark time it was a dark time my late 20s were really hard for me and um I didn't have much joy at all um other than you know like I said I ran a fitness blog for a while that was in my mid-20s that definitely gave me that feeling because Mm -hmm. I felt like I had it switched from feeling like a physical thrill of doing something to having eyes on me or notoriety. And that was kind of in the beginning of like the real like rise of social media. And we had never experienced that before. We had never had the possibility for that many people in a real way to like. So would you say that was probably the first, maybe like one of the first examples of your shift in what brought you a thrill because now we're getting at the age where we've kind of been there done that with the partying and the drinking and the drugs but now we're getting older and so it was just kind of like I said like a natural thing like you just naturally become drawn to different things that surprisingly bring you joy like the blog for instance Mm -hmm. and then that is just like a whole different pathway of olive branches and it just becomes something completely different and but it's so funny because it shows kind of like the um it shows my like the the transformation because I thought that that was that that was a good thing that that was healthy quote unquote that these were like good ways to get my excitement in Mm -hmm. I was I thought about that blog and working out and making content for it all at, at every single moment of my life and I thought that that was joy I didn't know at that time I had gone from either like, okay, so if it's risky, then mm-hmm. that's thrilling. And now I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be risky. It has to be curated. It has to be the thrill is getting the reinforcement and the likes and the people say, you look so thin, you look so good, we love what you're doing. That became kind of my thrill. And I didn't realize that it was an obsession. I was obsessed with getting the feedback, with being thin enough it wasn't thrilling and then it until it came to a point where suddenly I completely had a breakdown and was like oh this was never fun right well I thought it was but it wasn't fun it's one of those things because like when you're starting to learn something like a different part of yourself there's no way to know how it's going to take you like how it's going to turn out or what it's going to do to you or if you will become obsessed with it because it's just something new so it's like you're getting the thrill of something different and you are finding it to be enjoyable so that kind of that's kind of one of the lessons that we've learned in cultivating what brings us thrills now in terms of like what do we know about ourselves where we can draw a line 
to not go in excess of something that may turn out to be unhealthy for us, but also still participate enough to get that feeling of the joie de vivre and have it be genuine. Right. And it's not, it doesn't have to be like, I think we were saying the other day, kind of off topic, but we were saying how, you know, we still, it's normal for anyone to want feedback and to want positive feedback, but like finding that joy, those thrills that don't revolve around how anyone else will react or respond to you. Of course, something, somebody could say something to you that you get that feeling, I guess, but like being like, that's not my, that's not where I find it. You know, that would just be a happy accident. I know where to find it and I find it in other places. And for us, especially, I think a major one now, um, which is what we, why we're here is, is growth is learning not just about how our brains work, but understanding how we see the world and how, um, like I unlocking the secrets of the universe. Like I don't even know how else to put it. Like the the secrets of life. Well, because right now, like if I were to talk about my current thrills and what I, what makes me feel alive, I remember like the first, the first example, which is kind of unrelated to my my whole list but I just remember the first time I ever did hot yoga Mm -hmm. and I came out of it and I was drenched in sweat I remember saying the exact words that it just makes me feel alive yeah and it's not because it was a huge extravagant activity or it was I don't know anything big it was just doing yoga but it was something I'd never done before and the feeling that I felt afterwards was like a high like it felt like a drug Mm -hmm. and um so that was kind of the first time of even just doing something that wasn't dangerous or harmful to my body that brought me a thrill yeah and my I think I I loved hot yoga too but I don't remember it feeling thrilling I was like not in a great place when I did it when I started it so I think it was like a relief but I felt that way about lifting weights that too that gave me the same feeling like lifting really heavy weights gave me the same feeling of and I think that's brought on by like a physical act, like the physical act is what's triggering the chemicals or in like your brain. Or like you're pushing your body to a limit. Because right. like I don't like to normally just like sit in a room that's really hot and sweat. Like, oh my God, yeah. But, and it wasn't even like the physical act of doing the yoga per se. Like of course it was beneficial, but same thing with lifting weights. It's like pushing your body to a certain limit to see how far you can do it mm-hmm. and then accomplishing it. That is where I think it, it forms yeah I think there's like a a push of like yeah I think it's getting it can be either one of like getting through something or getting over something like it can be like kind of either or like because I feel like when it's working out with me it's a physical in the moment not like oh I just got through that but a a pride and oh I did it where in other times I just getting through something is can be like I'm like I can this semester when this semester opened, ended, I felt alive. Mm-hmm. Like I was uh, uh, ju- jubilation. I mean, truly just like living life, feeling like I've seen things for the first time because I don't have that pressure. And I feel like now I know that I can find, it can feel like, I, I don't know if that's sad or good, but like I can get that feeling just from the lessening of anxiety can like give me kind of that same feeling now and is that because I have extreme anxiety I don't know you know well it's like a relief and yeah I I see what you're saying though like being able to accomplish something like that feeling of accomplishment in any form whether it's getting through or over something I think is one of the building blocks of the self-esteem the confidence and the resilience of knowing that 
I'm capable of doing this. It was something that I didn't know that I could do. It's not that I was setting myself up for failure and thinking, oh, I'll never be able to get through it. But you were genuinely just open to, I'm going to do my best. And if I get through it, great. And if not, we'll reconvene. Yeah. And, you know, like, I feel like the yoga was part of like, I guess, like the very beginning of me experimenting with other things. And then I don't think that I really started to step into trying to be more curious about my thrills until maybe like pandemic, like pre-pandemic times. Um, Mm -hmm. I got this urge to be able to do something that I've always wanted to do, which was travel alone. And then the pandemic hit and then that was put on hold. And then when I finally was able to go last year, that was like the first time, I mean, I talked about it on the podcast, like all these expectations I was having and like the feelings beforehand of like, you know, what if I want to like just pick up and move there? Because like now I'm, I'm stepping outside of, you know, the basement that I've been living in into the daylight, into this new world. And it's like so exciting that I want to, I want to take advantage of everything at once. Mm-hmm. And it didn't turn out to be that way, but it was still a good trip. But afterwards, it was just the feeling of accomplishment of doing something that not a lot of people do. And it's something that a lot of people, I think, may be scared to do. And I was scared, but I got through it. And that really kind of kickstarted now, like a lot of different things now for me that I'm like, I'm ready to take on whatever. I'm ready. Do you think if can we name um, other than Colorado and like coming back from Colorado, do you think you could name like three moments or things or experiences in the last, you know, year or two years that gave you that feeling? Um, I don't even know what I did over the last year, <laughs> um, but I would say or it could be just since pandemic, like everything since the pandemic has been a year. <laughs> oh, to- yeah, um, I would say really genuinely connecting with people whether it's people that have been in my life for a long time or new people that I have made genuine connections with it could just be a conversation like I said just having a really good conversation with somebody that feels very worthwhile and substantial and um that makes me feel alive and like we don't even have to be doing anything crazy we could just be sitting outside somewhere I was gonna say I think that one of mine is probably is Every, if we lump them all together, the conversations we've had with our guests, yeah. with every guest we've had so far, no shade on us, um, but we talk all the time. So it's not always quite, so there are times that you and I could have a conversation. I could feel that way. But um, I would say I've, I've felt every interview we've had, I've left feeling like yeah, alive. I've, yeah. And like, it's, it, like I said, it could be anybody. It could be new people or old friends and family, whatever. I would say also singing in the car whether it's with myself or my friends and like going on a long drive which I I can't stress enough it's I don't it feels like it like recenters me and it's the same songs that I sing all the time but they just bring me such joy whether it's again by myself I can have a great time or if I'm with my friends who are just as into it as I am I feel the most alive like I it's like movie status mm-hmm. and I would probably say in terms of like pushing my body physically, it's hiking or um, doing like even you're going to laugh at me. But even when I was trying to snowboard a couple of years ago, yeah, I was 
dating somebody who was like really into it and like probably deep down it would be really cool if I could learn how to do it so we could do it together but it was more so for me the the fact that I've I'm not athletic I have never participated in any snow sports whatsoever Mm -hmm. um I haven't been skiing since I was three or like going on trips it was brand new to me as like a 30 year old and I did okay for myself but it was fun because it was like it was just like doing something over and over again and like trying and like really wanting to be good at it. And that made me feel alive because it was just so different for me. Yeah. And I think that's where like Ricky is this way. And I always say that you and Ricky are so similar, but like Ricky always says like his thrill is like, like he is obsessed with plants and now he doesn't like it anymore because he got too good at them and they're not, he's not struggling to get them to do what he right. wants. Everything's going well. So it's not fun for him. I don't have that. Um, my brain doesn't react that way to things like I don't like that would cause me grave anxiety like I can't imagine I feel like it's more um, like because and I also think because I'm such more of a competitive person that I lock into a place that's not fun for me I'm now I'm in it to win it against myself against other people and it's not fun I'm well yeah don't get me wrong there were definitely points when I was so frustrated but I was like so determined at the same time that the frustration was like just part of it for me like it didn't deter me but no I I do get that because I'm I'm only competitive with myself when it comes to that Oh, same, same. Like, I would forget that I was even there with other people. Like, I would just be... Like, I just wanted to be left alone so I could just, like, do it myself. Exactly. And for some people, I think that's a good thing. And then for me, it's not. Like, it would not end well. Um, Now, like, honestly, my, like, greatest joys are, like, if I'm kayaking and I'm, like, really out, it's mostly, like, if I'm near water and wind, I really like when I'm, like, there has to be wind. I hate a still day. Um, A breeze can literally give me that feeling. I feel like the best is walking along the the coastline at the beach like that is me at my best coastal grandmother like forever now especially um and I don't know why there's something about living where we live now that gives me that feeling a lot of the time like just this environment this driving living around here I don't know if it's because it's connected to my childhood and I, I was here a lot growing up there's something about it though that gives me this like overwhelmed like I truly do feel at peace and like calm yeah like fully alive just like driving around here being here um and yeah and other than that it's like water wind and then like the guests that we've talked to I think those are all my main oh and like going to shows still so like certain shows like I said the other day Fleet Foxes yeah Fleet Foxes was especially one of those things where I'm I always feel at my peak aliveness when I'm watching them well yeah and like and that's the thing is like you can tell that with these things that just sound like mundane everyday things that you know they're not out of this world but they still give us that feeling that that feels out of this world Mm -hmm. it's like it they come in all shapes and sizes and I think that it's like even just the simple fact of us intentionally trying to live in authenticity and speaking up for ourselves in a way that's constructive or um just more understanding and compassionate towards other people towards ourselves like that gives me a rush too like because there's two parts of it like I think one of it is like one part of it is the genuine connection that I get like I love connecting with people I love feeling that intimacy even if it's brand new but then on the other hand like the things that also bring me thrills are uh, like conquering a fear basically which is kind of something I wanted to get into because fear plays a big role in 
all of this decision making, whether it's something that holds us back or pushes us forward. And with living authentically, like there is even a fear in that, even though we know that it's going to produce results, like effective results. Yeah. So I would say anytime that I've ever like spoken up for myself in a way that I haven't before or leaving a job or a toxic relationship, moving into my apartment for the first time, all of those big major life events that are scary to do, especially when you're alone, like not to pity party, but you know, there is something to be said. It's nice to have a partner in those things. Yeah. And when you don't, it kind of adds a little bit of extra insecurity. So being able to get through all of that, I think, you know, um, we're thrilling, but the fear part of it is interesting just because now you and I are also not running away from fear and we're not trying to avoid fear because you can't, I think that it's a natural thing that everyone experiences, but I think that's part of being alive is being fearful. And it's not like, so there was actually a quote that I kind of, I wanted to share. It was by Pema, the Buddhist nun that I brought up before, but there was just a quick line in one of her books that she says, usually we think that brave people have no fear, but the truth is that they are actually intimate with fear. So essentially it's like becoming friends with it in a way and not trying to disregard it or avoid it, but really embracing it and taking it with you to this new experience. Yeah, it's um, it's it's something that I feel like, again, like I look at it differently because I'm because I have anxiety and anxiety is nothing but fear. Right. It's, so it's like, it's a little bit different. Um, but I can now, I, I think there's a level of, um, why am I afraid? Right. Yeah. Like what I think knowing the difference of why you're afraid of something, because if something to you sounds like it could light you up and it sounds like to you, you're like, Oh my God, that sounds amazing. You're like, Oh, but I'm scared that's a time when you're like, maybe you should push it then because you really want that and it sounds really good to you and it's not, you know, it's something that you could grow from or you could learn from or it would benefit you in some way. It's not just a temporary moment of a thrill with some risk attached to it. Um, I think that now I'm at a point where I know when I want to use my fears as something like, okay, this is something that I know could help me grow and I'm going to conquer it. Or is this something that I need to listen to myself and do what actually does bring me joy? And even if everyone else wants to do this and it brings them joy, that's okay if I don't. Um, And if it sounds too scary to me and it doesn't sound worth the risk, then that's okay. Well, and I think that that's even part of the getting to know and being intimate with the fear is knowing where yours comes from. Right. And without doing that, then you are just going to be probably making reckless decisions unbeknownst to you because you're like well am I pushing myself to a limit to accomplish something or am I just doing it like if you don't know why you're fearful of it then you know you have to kind of backtrack a little bit because it still could cloud your judgment of what's the next move to grow right so I just thought that was interesting because it is something that I feel like is ingrained in all of us to naturally just be averse to it like you don't want to deal with it you don't want to have you don't want to have fear at all you want to get rid of it but really I think it's taking that with you in some way or getting to know it so that you can know what your limits are and then set yourself up for just only thrill thrilling experiences that will bring you growth well yeah yeah 
I think leveling out, like deciding where where it lies, like is this something, yeah, like what is it? Why am I afraid of it? How does it tie into like, why is that, is it thrilling to me? Is this going to make me feel alive because I'm afraid? Um, And I think that's where like the daredevil people come in where it's not saying there's something wrong with that, but I think that it should be that and. Like that can't be your only thrill because one day when that goes away, when you can't, and we've seen people like that who like play sports or whatever, and then when they can't, one day it goes away and you have to find new joy. You have Mm -hmm. to find new thrills in life. So I think having like a diverse portfolio of thrills and like of joys is key yeah and just being open to new experiences because it's like one thing getting to know the fear but then it's also the other thing of kind of knowing what you want it's like a two-part of really getting to know a lot of the whole process yeah I think really tapping into what really brings what makes you feel alive like each person is is something that's really worth exploring and not something I, I don't know that a lot of people spend a lot of time doing that Um, I think that the people who do are probably way happier and way more in touch with themselves. Um, And if it's something that you haven't really thought about before, you're like, oh, these are just the things I've always liked and I've just always liked them and I just keep doing them and these are the things my friends do. Um, Maybe look for some new things that, I mean, that's the fun thing is that there's endless things, things that you never would have thought that you liked um, that are out there and that could give you that feeling. And it could be something really weird and something that you're like, I never even... Yeah, it could be completely outside of your usual interest. And yeah, I think that it could even like trickle into like how you really show up in your relationships too, because I think the more open you are to experiences for yourself, I think it's almost like a domino effect where then you become more open to other people and hearing what they like or getting to know them or like being more compassionate towards people, less judgmental. It's all like, you know, a a bigger picture benefit, I think, just starting with yourself. I I think that really our slogan needs to be like, stay curious, because that is the, the, it's the new truth is out there. Like, I think that ultimately, I feel like every episode ends with us being like, if you, if you get curious, they will come, you know? Yeah. I mean, think about it. The more closed off you are to things, like you're like, no, I don't want to do that. Like I've never done it before and I just don't want to do it. Like I just know, I hate when people, I just know I won't like it. Right. Or like, it's one thing if you're like, that seems too scary to me. That seems like I could get hurt. That seems, it's another thing to be like, I just don't, I won't like it. Someone's like, hey, do you want to go, I don't know, rock climbing or something. I don't know. And you're just like, no, I don't want to. Like you, did you even give it any thought? Right. Right. Anything. And then like, then you meet somebody who says one thing, I don't know, that maybe you don't like and you're like, nope, not talking to them ever again. It's just be open. Just experience it. It doesn't matter. And if you don't like it after after getting to know it a little bit, then that's fine. That's what but, I used to tell kids when I nanny, try it one time. If you don't like it, never do it again. Sure. You just try it once, you never know. Right. Um... All right, so let's wrap up with our diamonds of the week. If you are new here, it's a bright spot in a dark week. Um, we had a pretty bright week, each of us. Um, I know. And I mean, I know I, my, my diamond can't be... You know what? I know what my diamond is. Ricky and I started watching old movies. Old movies. Like 50s, 60s movies. Um, talk about a thrill. Talk about a thrill. <laughs> we just watched a... Um, we just... Uh, we watched Cat on a Hot Tin Roof last night with... Um, Oh my god! Oh my god, Christy! Because I'm trying to think of her name, I went blank. The most beautiful person who's ever lived, Elizabeth Taylor. Jesus Christmas! 
with Elizabeth Taylor and um, Paul Newman. And uh, it was really, really good. Like, it was... Uh, it's just one of those movies I've always wanted to see and I didn't know what it was about and um, it was just like I was genuinely sitting forward like staring at the screen waiting to see what happened and what they were going to say um, it was just really really good so we've come a long way folks we go from like <laughs> teenage sex in the woods to cats on hot tin roofs and Truly. it's all a thrill yeah. all of it um, well I don't I don't want to be basic and just say that my trip was a diamond because of course it was Um, everything about it, the weather, everything. I would say one specific part of the trip, though, that was especially a diamond for me was visiting a monastery as my last stop. And it was just kind of like the way that the whole trip worked out. The day was perfect already and it was on my way home. Didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if they were even open to visitors. I wasn't really sure what the process was so I had called ahead um he was like no we're not really open to visitors but how many people do you have and I was like oh it's just one he's like oh of course come down so I go down and it was I it was just me there and one other person but it was just I think because I've just really been interested in Buddhism it was an important stop for me to kind of immerse myself in it and I was only there for a short time, but I was, I was tearful, of, of course. course, of course, of course, of course, of course. And I was tearful just reading a sign that said, be compassionate towards all living beings or something. And I was like, I know I am, I want to be. And, you know, I learned a couple of things while I was there. Um, it inspired me to maybe look into it more in like a formal sense of, of learning about it. And I just left and then had a really lovely drive home and it was just a really nice way to to cap the trip and I would say that was my diamond. Um, all right. Well, with that, I mean, hopefully we gave you something to work with here. Um, <laughs> but you can follow us on social media, on Instagram and TikTok at We Don't Know Her Pod, We Don't Know Her P.O.D. Um, you can make sure you rate, subscribe, and review on uh, Apple Podcast, iTunes, Spy Tunes, everywhere. Leave a review. Leave a review. Leave a review. Um, and you can send us an email. You won't, but it's at uh, we don't know her pod at gmail.com. And don't forget um, Power Sport PA. Power Sport. Forever. Find us there. Okay. All right. Bye. Peace. <laughs>